Oh, wait, Luke, did your QuickTime player not screw up because you have a new computer? Oh, oh, maybe I do. Maybe I do have a new MacBook Air. Gomer, would you like to hear the specs of this MacBook Air? Go. <clears throat> Apple M1 chip. Okay. 16 gigs of memory. Uh, one terabyte of flash storage. And display built in a retina, 25060 times 1600. These nuts! (laughs) (laughs) So I like it. When did you get it? I got it this past week. Noise. Did you buy it or did it work? Uh, I bought it. This is for, I got this for grad school. Noise. Good choice, my friend. I had to have certain specs, and so. Tell you what, man, this retina display, my gosh. Right? My it's gosh. a game changer. My it's gosh. a game changer. I thought it made me a little bit nauseous at first, and it may have been a medicine that I am taking, but I did some <laughs> research, and it has made some people um, nauseous. Very, very few, but some. And there's two um, hypotheses, hypotheses as to why. One is that it's just such a good display that when things are moving, your brain thinks it's real, so you get motion sickness. <laughs> and two, there's almost something with the display. I forget what it's called, but it, like, screws up. It, like, messes with your brain a bit and causes people to feel a little bit nauseous. Have you never owned a Retina display Mac? Mac? Uh, no. Oh, you simpleton. Okay, okay. Segment of the show that's actually reoccurring. Are we d- Okay. Luke updates us on his accounting book. How far are we? Oh, uh, well, not as far as I'd like to be. I'm only four chapters in, but I did spend an hour uh, trying to trying to decide how many um, how many listeners, how many Patreon people do we need to maintain? And the answer is about three hundred and seven. Okay. And then I was wrong. It's actually more like a little bit higher than that because I wasn't accounting for uh, taxes and whatnot. Someone wrote to me, Scott, who's been a longtime fan and supporter of the show. Hi, Scott. And, Thank and, you. And Scott told me that Patreon rejected and shut down his payment account, and so he had to redo it all. So uh. maybe that hit people because he's like, my card didn't expire. There was no problem on my end. It just shut it oh, down. Oh, that is a bummer. That is a so bummer. So he said if any other people might have that. He said he saw your post today, and uh, it, it, he tried to go read it, and it's like, Patreon doesn't accept your payment. And he's like, what the hell? So he redid it all because Scott loves us. And Scott is an amazing human being who also loves Disney. So, Thank you, uh, Scott. You, oh, I, he's in Florida, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. He's yeah, friends Scott with Arlene. Awesome. Yeah, I, didn't get a ch- I did not get a chance to meet him. He's incredibly handsome, too. I met Scott mm. at Cove Crest Summer Camp. I like it. And he – this is back in the day of the original – Apple TV, when it was that super flat silver thing, and it was mostly a, like, streaming to device. Yeah. And uh, he would take all the photos that they would take during a summer camp. And when you would get to dinner time and sit down at family dinner, they had a big screen TV, and he would send it all the updated photos, and everyone would be transfixed. And it was like, today's photos are on a TV screen. Edited. <laughs> There's a six slideshow. Oh, and then he stayed man. up all night the night before and would make like a 10-minute movie of everything that happened in a week worth of camp. He killed himself every week. It was awesome. Gen Z is so spoiled. They don't know. They don't know. They, they don't know, know what it's like to spend all night to download three three of songs, and you know at least one's probably not going to be very good quality. Yeah, one of those songs is going to be literally uploaded by the record company of just the 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 chorus uploaded to the exact timestamp of the whole song. Do you know they did that in mass? 
Did you ever download illegally a song and it was just oh, the chorus and- over and over again? Uh, I don't remember that happening. Oh, yeah. Eminem, like everything Eminem. Uh, I, not that I downloaded him. He's, of course, <laughs> and disrespectful and not nearly as religious. Uh, but I downloaded all of his stuff all the time, always. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's a constant stream into your brain. <laughs> for him, it was, I just I wanted just his music. Forever. I wanted his music, but for Pearl Jam, it was, uh, I didn't want to support abortion, but I love their tunes. <laughs> Jeremy spoke there. I, so, I, I, I do not. I don't like Pearl Jam as much as I should for a lot of the same mm-hmm. reasons, and not even necessarily them, but like the conversation around them. I just remember this weird one, just really weird um, woman being like Pearl on, on MTV. MTV would have these cultural critics and i'm like how'd you get that job now i know but uh they're always were like very ugly and weird and like they like um, looked up to the artist too much yeah and uh this one woman was talking about pearl jam and how they're all pro-choice and how great that was for like a good minute and a half and i was like ew yeah ew um I'm wondering if this is going to make me feel nauseous. I'm a little bit nervous about this. It's also it's very not. hot up here. You're going to be fine. You're going to be and fine. And I'm, I'm nervous to turn on the air conditioner because of the sound, but I'm so, so hot. Take your shirt off, baby. <laughs> uh, I'm tempted to. I've done that before. All right. It's another podcast ad done just by Luke. And this week, I'm super excited to talk to you guys about Porter Road. Porter Road is an online butcher shop that delivers high-quality meat directly to you. I was able to get a box last last week, and I've already had some hot dogs. And holy crap, they're not kidding. Okay, so what is Porter Road? Porter Road is started by um, the chefs and butchers, um, Chris and James. They started it 10 years ago as as a local Nashville um, butcher shop with uh, – um, with a mission to fix a broken food system. For 10 years, they've tweaked and turned their, their process to bring you an exceptional piece of meat, all while building a more sustainable um, system for farmers and the planet. And they're really not kidding about that. Uh, we had a phone call uh, with them last week. They, they talked a lot about the process, and they really want to they really want to support the farmers. And I think this is a thing that farmers love, and they really go out of their way to make sure like the farmers are rewarded for their hard work. So they work with trusted um, local farmers to ensure animals are raised the right way. Um, and like that means that they are raised up humanely on pasture with no added hormones or antibiotics. From there, Porter Road dry ages all their beef and hand cuts each steak and chop using old world of butchery techniques to produce cuts you won't find at the grocery store. How cool is that? So you can shop like you would at a local butcher and, and order items a la carte or, or choose from curated, I had to learn how to pronounce that, sub- subscription bundles that always ship free. There's no commitment, which is nice because a lot of these things get very uh, commitment heavy. It's a little, little, little bit awkward. And you can customize your frequency. Plus, steaks, um, and this is actually true, too. It's very cool. Steaks and chops, a ride jump fresh, and are never unfrozen. We got a box last last week. We've already dived, dived into the hot dogs. They were so good. They're not kidding. The steaks, they arrive extremely fresh, and they've got other things. They've got lamb. They like have like chicken. They've got stuff. And it's such good quality, done in such good ways that this is real. Like They're kind of getting the technique out of there, I think, and it's really like real life. It's what it, it's what it should be, and it's, and it's awesome. Right now, Porter Road is offering all of our listeners $20 off your first order of $100 or more. If you go to porterroad.com slash foxes, go to porterroad.com slash foxes for $20 off your first order of $100 or more. That's porterroad, P-O-R-T-E-R-R-O-A-D.com slash on the foxes. Thank you to Porter Road for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. Seriously, this meat is so good. It's so good. 
Going from an iPhone 8 Plus, so the biggest it's screen. A big, it's a big jump. To the 12. Holy crap. It's Holy a crap. big jump. It, it feels yeah. like I was in the Bronze Age and I encountered people with I know. Spanish steel. That happened to me. Damascus I, steel. Uh, back in like 2019, we were still. I, I, was, I did it in um, uh, Hyde Park. So I, I, I think it was Hyde Park. So I would have been in uh, Cincinnati still. And I want. I was so tired of my phone, and I jumped. What? What? You look so good in this new Mac oh, webcam. You. You I, look so I don't think good. people understand. I've been like running the podcast off of like a 2016 Mac. Yeah, and it's actually been, like, no, that's not true. And a, a 2014 or... Mac is. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> maybe the problems were mine all along. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. So I had been doing the podcast off of when we first started to record. I had like a 2011 Mac. Yeah, and then I got rid of that. I gave it to my sister. It might be a little bit older, bit older than that. It, it might be like 2009, 2010. Yeah. And I used to then run I, mine off a twenty thirteen iMac, which is right yeah. upstairs. Like, crazy. and then I was, those things are eternal. I, I was using Aaron's MacBook Pro, which is good, except she had downloaded all this stuff onto it, and I mean, like, it has like every Adobe thing in it. So it's constantly, it has tons and tons and tons and tons of stuff. It is so burdening, really it is burdened. slow. It was overburdened. It is like, please put me out of my misery. Take me back and just shoot me in the old yeller me. Old yeller me. I am begging you, sir. You haven't checked these photos in three years. I've lived a good life, but Lightroom is killing me. Luke, take me out. You cannot expect me to run these Adobe things and do Skype and scream into a microphone and use QuickTime. One of them has to go. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Um, yeah, I was like a 2013 or, or 14 in the MacBook Pro. So now we're, um, we're in the future, guys, and it's glorious. Yeah, it is uh, glorious. So, yeah. So, so, anyway, so, like, a couple years ago, I was just so tired of my iPhone. I wanted to change, and I almost... Do you remember this? I almost got the Galaxy Plus something. something. At the time, it was Would the best phone. Would have been the phone. biggest mistake of your life. <laughs> and I remember calling Aaron and being like, hey, I can get this for like 300 bucks." And she's like, well, will I be able to track you? And I said, not at all. So she, so she said, you cannot. <laughs> I, like, she goes, I'd rather you just spend the money and get like, the new iPhone. I was like, are you serious? And she goes, yeah. I'm like, all right. So I'm going to be this much. Because she likes to see where I am on Find My, you know, and, and use FaceTime. And anytime that I, because I was traveling, I was at the Archdiocese, but I would travel every now and again. But then at Glenmere, I was traveling all the time. So I think she really would have liked to have just, you know, she has to see where I am and be able to FaceTime me and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we would have had, and it would have been like, well, other apps could have done that, but it just would have changed, you know. And so I was like, well, then I switched, and it was like, oh, this is great. This Night is wonderful. And Night and day. Yeah, so fast. Yeah. So it was the first time I'd been actually really excited about a new iPhone since probably 2011. Like, really, really excited. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was hard for me not to get the biggest phone imaginable that Apple sells, because I've always had the biggest one. Uh, mm-hmm. because I love me that screen real estate. But I, I took my large iPhone 8, and I put the 12 on top, and I was like, oh, the screen size is roughly the same because, you know, the 12 pushes, you know, destroys yeah. the bezel. Yeah. So I was like, ah, uh, this is good enough for me. And it totally is. It totally is. I it's don't great. like how generous the radi- the curves are. and the Like, they, they kill too much screen real estate. I really don't like that. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I know you are. I know you are because you're inferior to me. Luke, how the hell are you? How the hell are you? You know, I'm I'm in a weird but good spot. Yeah. Uh, still very busy, and that's not going to let up. And so, I, I okay, so I, I have one more uh, segment. Can we do one more segment? Hell yeah. 
Do you remember what the, what the name of this one was going to be? I didn't understand what the heck you were saying, so I just assumed it was nothing but typos. So go. No, no. It's, it's not at all. So here is a segment called, Have You Thought About Buying Luke? Have You so, Thought About Buying Luke? Okay. Have you thought about buying Luke? So here's what I what I mean by that. Every now and again, I get like I get a, like a friend or a, a person who I really like, or is doing a thing that I think is very cool. And they're like, "Hey man, I'll let you like d- like here have some coffee if you will talk about it on on the podcast." And I'm like, "I'd like coffee. I like talking on on the podcast. Sure, if I get free <laughs> coffee beans, hell yeah." And then I never bring it up and I feel terrible. So. Or a good friend of mine. I'm one of my best friends in the entire world. I really love this dude. He's got a great podcast. And he's like, hey, can you, can you I'm talking about it? I go, sure, I will. And then I never do it because I'm a horrible friend. And so I thought, have you thought about buying Luke? Might be a chance for – these aren't going to be ads. These are going to be things that, like, all my friends are like, hey, Luke, here's a $20 bill, uh, like, right, uh, right underneath an apple pie that my wife baked for you. Will no. you talk about this? And no. I'll go, sure. No. It yes, needs to yes. be. It needs to be either. It needs to be a tangible good that's consumable that no cash exchanges hands. No, 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 no. I yeah. want a twenty dollar bill under a pie. I no. want payola. No, you have a pie because <laughs> no. if you get a pie, I get a pie. No, listen, you, you, get, you get a pie with a... twenty. Have you not seen Shawshank Redemption? Listen, of he course gets I the have. Pie. There's a little thing, you know. If you get. Okay, I did forget that part. Oh, you know, <laughs> I did forget the reference. I apologize. But here's the deal. If you get $20, Son of a bitch, I better be getting rent. 10. I better be getting 10. Because ain't no way. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be like, wow, Luke is really talking up this podcast. Edit. <laughs> okay. so no, And no, so are, I will keep it going. That people these are will gonna still be, feel bad. <laughs> these are going to be ads. It's very little quick things. about. Listen, I'm just saying I can be bought. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I can be bought. My okay, price is low. How about this? My price is cheap. I might have as well th- be near a military base. Have you thought about buying a Luke or a Gomer? <laughs> Just send us some free stuff, and we'll talk about it for five for five seconds. So really quick, I actually had some good coffee f- called um, <laughs> Zelly Bean Coffee. They're based out in, in um, Sugar Land. They do a lot of great stuff where they really help families, and they only work with people. They work with, like, the people who are on the farms down in um, South America, and they do direct. It's, like, it's really, really cool, and it's good stuff. And, like, Catholic um, social teaching and all the good things that aren't – that's not, like, the weird stuff. Not that – and not your weird um, nuns who don't wear habits who are into Catholic um, social um, teaching, but, like, real people <laughs> – Doing real things with really good coffee, and they're great. I really don't like them. They're called they're called um Zelly Bean, Zelly Beans um coffee. And I'll put their Instagram. Uh, how do I do that thing with with the fireside thing? I, I I'm already doing it. Don't worry. Okay, good. And then also, <laughs> I guess, because, I gonna do it can I tell you a funny story? Yeah, it's important. He's a, a youth minister here in um in Houston, and I have literally it's the only coffee it's other great. than H E B pods. You know the little K cups that I get yeah. going to landfill. He, uh, <laughs> King Gomer doesn't eat this. Yeah. <laughs> Screw the kids. I'm thirsty now. So, uh, <laughs> when I get normal bag coffee, I always get it from them. So there you go, yeah. Luke. There you go. Good. Thank you. Also, I just want to add, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this as well at some point in time, but my good friend, uh, um, Nathan is doing a podcast. He's over, um, at his, um, at Glenmary, he's a director of ecumenical uh, ecumenical relations, which is a big deal over at Glenmary because you're down in the south. And I don't know if you are aware of this or not, Gilmer, but people in the south tend to not like papist. And so, uh, I, I am I am incredibly aware of that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. After um, Vatican II, uh, they really took to heart the church's call for more for more um, ecumenical work to the point where, where they have a person whose like job is to work on this stuff. And so my buddy um, Nathan has a podcast called the Glenmary. 
ecumenical podcast, and it's fantastic. So I really encourage you guys to go, and I'm going to go and check that out. Gomer will add that to the show notes as well. <laughs> More Shit. work for you. I already, I already forgot to add the other thing. <laughs> why, why am I so Listen, broken? I, I mean, so if you really want one, you, you can pay for it. I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. They, they, no. they, he sent me coffee. Yeah, Joe. And I, 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 I want to use this to highlight stuff for people who can't really afford to just and they've got some, some, some good stuff. That being said, we'll probably, I'm never do it again. You be sure and thank Maisie for this fine buy. And behind every shady deal, behind every dollar earned, that was Andy keeping the books. No, and I, I well, I think what's really cool too is is that my buddy Alma Nathan was actually a Protestant Alma pastor. He was a hip. So this was is a really? true story. This is how this is how we became Alma friends. I actually prayed that I could make a hipster Protestant Alma pastor friend, and like a couple weeks later, I got an email from him on LinkedIn. Email. I'm becoming a boomer. I got a message oh, from gosh. him on LinkedIn asking if we could all meet up just just to chat. And I was like, oh, you run a hipster Protestant Alma coffee shop? You want to chat with me? The Lord is just and merciful. The Lord is kind and merciful. And he was like real, real into Balthasar and stuff. And he was like so holy. And then also, it was when I was having my stomach issues. And I was like, I got to go real quick. I went to the bathroom and came back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic Luke. So, um, how did he convert? What, what was his conversion? Oh, like? totally me. No, I think um, going, <laughs> no, like starting to read more of, um, I know that Newman was really big for him and just how Newman views the world. And not even, I, I don't want to speak for him, but it may have been his unconversion, but I think even just on the Newman's outlook and uh, I'm a, like really just kind of that, um, I mean, he's told me this before and of course I'm drawing a blank. I'm a terrible, terrible friend. I really miss hanging. We used to get lunch all the time and have really deep talks about stuff and I'd be like, everything is terrible. The, the West is dying. And he would laugh at my uh, bitterness. <laughs> He was so positive. Oh, so Luke, think, the West died in 1520. Um, things like him, like so things, people, I'm um, like Newman reading. He, I know that he read, a, he read like a ton of Balthasar, a different thing, and Ratzinger and things like that. And you know, I, I, I have a real heart for um, ecumenism from just a community standpoint, because that's for the most part. And the fact that your youth ministers and your Catholic church are Protestant. Like, good guy, good, good, good person. I have a topic. Do you, do you have a topic? Uh, I have a topic as well. I don't think Son my of topic. A bitch, I, don't think my, I don't think my topic will last. Uh, that's what she said. No, that's what she said about my sexual escapades. No, not to me though. Oh, yeah, no, with you it lasts and lasts. The Matrix has ended. It's a new BetterHelp read from your friend Luke. Uh, so you guys have heard us talk about um, BetterHelp before at length, and we're going to talk about Better. That's H E L P again. Listen, BetterHelp can help you get hooked up with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start um, communicating with one in less than like forty-eight hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional online counseling done uh, securely online. You've, you've heard it talked about on our show. You've heard it talked about like a whole bunch of podcasts. Look, guys, God wants you to find from a healing. God wants you to be the person he created, he created you to be. And if you're over the age of 25 and you haven't been to counseling, now is the time. BetterHelp is committed to um, facilitating great therapeutic um, matches. So they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and this is cool financial aid is available so um, better help wants you to start i'm living a um, happier life today go to their website read all all of the testimonies that are on there posted daily and guess what guys 
Guess what? Go to BetterHelp.com slash Foxes. That's BetterHelp.com slash Foxes. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in, in all 50 states. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Catching Foxes. Listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Foxes. So if you go to BetterHelp, you will get 10% off your first month. That is fantastic. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring yet another episode of everyone's favorite podcast, Catching Foxes. Take that, Catholic stuff you should know. Chasing foxes, my ass. Okay, can I, let me do my, let me do my, okay, I got one follow-up. Okay, one follow-up. Maybe two. I got one follow-up, and then I have one topic. I think my topic will maybe last 10 to 15 minutes max. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So here's my follow-up. Can uh, I cut off your follow-up if I start to get bored? Oh, totally. Number one, follow-up. Uh, we have a Patreon supporter who is, in fact, Never Orthodox. mind. Patreon.com slash CF. Patreon.com slash CF. Thank you for your support of Catching Foxes. Who, is in, us fact, going. who is, in fact, Orthodox. And <laughs> when I wrote in my thing, like, the Orthodox hate us, he's like, all right, let me see why we hate you today. So I do uh, – I, I, I want to clarify. I want to clarify. Uh, okay. Wait, is this, a, is, is this a follow-up or is this a take Gomer to the woodshed moment? No, it's not take Gomer. It's a follow-up because I want to clarify something. Mm, number one – Are you taking num- to the woodshed, which is why you're <laughs> clarifying something? Maybe a little bit of both. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> – I have I have plunged plunged and people who have listened to who listened to both this and every knee shall bow know that I am plunging ever deeper into the orthodox world of atonement theology, um, but but I I find I uh, let me just give props like their just what I said on our show their adherence to the church fathers and to an ontological view of of atonement is so incredible and I regret that I haven't allowed myself to encounter it in the Catholic tradition and in the Orthodox, like from the fathers before. I regret it because it is so freaking powerful. And I think, I think, I think it is a huge key to unlocking an anti-sacramental attitude that so many of our Protestant brothers and sisters have. And this is the, this is the, the reason why I think I, I made that comment for me as a Catholic, in Texas and Oklahoma, I'm so <laughs> surrounded by fundamental. In Oklahoma, I was surrounded by fun, hardcore yeah. fundamentalists. And then when I came to Texas, you know, Baptist, Southern Baptist, good old boys, you know, like not not like a horrible anti-Catholicism. But well, and you're in up suburbia too, so it's not it's not as prominent. Right, right. but it's it's anti-sacrament, anti-liturgy. Oh yeah, yeah. And I feel There's like the reason why Joel Olstein's church is there. Yes, and the I feel church. like I want <laughs> concert hall. I feel like I can have solidarity with the Orthodox, and every time I read their theology, I love it. But then when I hear them talk, they're like dogging on Roman Catholicism. I'm like, but you're my ally. So that's where I think that came from. <laughs> so that's, that's, my only, that's my only thing other than uh, I, I, just tr- I truly think understanding not as, – as Catholics, we can't take the emphasis off the death of Jesus because that's the full self-emptying of Jesus. But – Diving into the incarnation more, I think that's where we uncover the full sacramental reality. I think that's beautiful, and I think that's why Protestantism in many ways has been hampered because they focus on the death as substitution focal point, and that's it. And they don't see that the whole life of Christ is salvific, and that's what we're trying to communicate. The hemorrhaging woman touching Christ's garment is the perfect image of 
the sacraments where she comes objectively to Christ full of subjective faith. She touches them and immediately power goes forth. And that's what we do when we approach the sacraments with faith. If we have no faith, power doesn't go forth, right? Because we don't, even though we objectively encounter Jesus, we subjectively put up barriers to his grace. It's actually and, really interesting. Yeah. And just embracing the beauty of that. Uh, I have incorporated it already into some of my, some of my talks that I did with um, some high school students and some of my, my adults. So it's beautiful. I love it insofar as it goes. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. But the second thing, follow-up, and it's pure follow-up, was someone recommended, uh, one of our Patreon supporters recommended a podcast on uh, maybe why music isn't evolving like the way it uh, has been. And it was, I can't even remember, Luke. I sent that you the link. Cool. I listened to it. it it's a, it's an honest-to-God music producer. For, I think he's in Nashville, and he was yeah. interviewing another yeah. music producer. And Who's his, actually, no, the, the guy he was interviewing was there is a really big oh, folk artist, and I for, I'm forgetting his name, yeah. but I've heard of him before, and he's phenomenal. And phenomenal. I wish I don't have the post up. I wish I could bring it up. I, I can't get it right now. I've, but I've got it. Oh shit! I got it on my phone. Let okay. me see if I can pull it. But up. Let, I'll do the the quick follow up, and then we can we can you can throw it in. Um, but basically, what the producer said was one of the reasons why we're not seeing a ton of new stuff in music is because there's a new scene within music. And that new scene is it's less about musicians and it's more about performance artists. And so the music isn't as central as the whole thing is becoming a performance art piece. So he said, Lady Gaga and Cardi B and all these other people, when they put on a show and you can think about this, when you're talking about Miley Cyrus, all the pop and he's referencing pop. So pop rock, pop punk, pop rap, whatever. Um, the idea is it's dominated by performance artists who are who might be able, and he was saying like, oh, I love Cardi B. I love Cardi B. She can rap and all this stuff. I can't stand the way she raps. That's just me, whatever. But the idea he was saying was they're competent in their fields, but they're performance artists par excellence. And Lady Gaga par excellence. Lady Gaga is kind of one of those epitomes, and Beyonce and uh, Cardi B and all that, where they draw you into a performance piece rather than men and women on a stage with guitars and drums and physical instruments that they're playing right in front of your face. The music, almost, you don't even almost see instruments in a lot of these concerts. It's just the person singing. Not entirely, but often. So, well, and I, I think one of the things that he said that was really interesting too, and the, the artist's name is Ben Rector, I, I believe. Yeah. Do you remember the podcast? Was it Hot Hot Fives or something like that? Yeah. So it's called Dave's Five Hot Takes, and it's his it's his interview with Ben great. Rector, and and this part is around the fiftieth, like fifty four a minute mark or something. But he talked about how um, music has actually gotten more and more simpler over time. <laughs> You're such a loser. And uh, Gomer's about to drink some like just godforsaken. Like mm. p- product that's love that for... spiked seltzer lemonade. <laughs> oh, what's it like being a twenty-four-year-old girl in today's times? Pretty, <laughs> um, awful, pretty awful. Go pretty on. awful. No, but uh, how it's just you know it, it's to the point where like one of the biggest songs out there right now is just basically one chord. This one um, country song by Blake Shelton, and, and he's not saying that it's necessarily a bad thing. He's just pointing towards that it's becoming um, less and less about these um, intricate. Um, musical pieces and it's more about the performance as as a whole so which is and i and i i mean when you look back to it like you know just think how we've gone from beethoven's fifth or these crazy complex you know i was just listening to a 20 minute long um the symphony while i was out um, um while i was out running errands today it was really good i forget the name of it but 
Um, we've gone from that to, uh, you know, like basically two, three, you know, and it gosh, it was like, you know, four chords. Now it's what, like two or three chords, if that. And how do that's what's so? How do you get from that to this? I think that's yeah. I think that is interesting. Yeah. Which segues to my topic, but you have sorry, you have you have another one. I have a real topic, and I don't know what you think, but I'm gonna say uh, poorly. Why don't we state the titles of our topics and see who should go first? How about that? Okay. Okay. The title of my topic is why Captain America or Falcon and the Winter Soldier sucks. Compared Ugh. to for all mankind, and the phrase that makes that suck and for all mankind not suck is the phrase that is has been used about Marvel before, on the nose, on the nose. Okay, no, 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 no. Okay, that's okay. my subject. I know that's where you're subject. going with this, and I'm that's not going to agree with it, but that's I'm also going to that's... agree with it. Do better, Luke. Do so better. mine is Do I desperately better, want a normal life. Okay, yours sounds more compelling than mine. No, but let's go through yours first because I'm going to get annoyed. Okay, so thinking about it, uh, watching uh, Winter, uh, what is it, Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Uh, I enjoyed it overall. It, it, you know, in, in terms of production and value, it is one of the most incredible shows. It is a movie that they couldn't edit, <laughs> so they made four shows or five shows. I loved it. I, I like the fact that they're continuing to expand um, the blip because I think the worst part about the Phase Three was explaining the blip. And feeling the consequences of the blip. Because the last of the Phase 3 movies, I just burped, was Spider-Man um, Far From Home. And they talk about the blip, but they don't really... And they talk about, like, oh, that's weird, that's weird. And then they kind of leave it off. This, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, is one of the next steps where they keep exploring the idea of the blip. Where all of a sudden, people perfectly preserved come five years into the future. Yeah, right. I I I don't agree with what you said about Phase Three, but I understand I understand what you mean by that. It's just one mean? movie. There's only well, there's only one. There's only like they had one movie to kind of explain it, and then it goes. Into oh phase no 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 four. no! Truly, truly, I, absolutely, I agree. But like the, I mean, obviously they had the final movie, and then yeah. But I I agree, I agree, and I'm not I'm not taking away from it. It's just like the consequences of the blip were bigger. And like yes, I'm I'm glad they're going into yeah. it. I, I think they're going into the blip while, while they transition from because phase four is going to be is going to be this weird thing where it's going to be, you know, half old stuff, half new stuff. So and the you new have stuff, to. you have to, you keep the, yeah, you and, that, and that's the brand and, and so I understand. I think they're kind of going to be. I'm using the blip as that yeah as that transition piece. Yeah. I think because that's what will like bridge the two. I think right. Okay, and I'm so, I'm very okay with that. So I, yeah, fine. Falcon Winter Soldier. Here here is my problems. Right. So. Obviously, a lot of racism going on, you know, or talks of racism going on in our country, issues here and there. And then we have this being produced. Here's the, my, my problem with all of the scenes in the thing. Everything was hammering home one point, and it was so on the nose, it was frustrating because it took me out of the show. It took me out of the experience. And you might sit there listening to this and say, oh, Gomer, you're such an idiot. Like, it's meant to lead you into deeper things. And I would argue that Falcon and the Winter Soldier are not. And part of the reason why shows that don't know how to use subtlety is because the writing sucks. Or it, it, the writing is not as good as it could be in presenting themes that are even relevant for today and ripped from today's headlines. Gong, gong. And I think Captain America and the Winter Soldier, I keep saying Captain America because that's how it ended, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think it ended, or I think it, every time it tried to treat racism, it was, it was ham-fisted, 
It was on the nose, and it was eye-rolling to some point cringeworthy. And the people who literally murdered innocent people, you were meant to feel sympathetic for. And you can't mix in movies. They did not do clear jobs delineating the the no flags or whatever they were called. Um, the anti what were they called? The anti flag, uh, no flags, no flag, yeah. no flags movement, anti flags. <laughs> A little bit on the nose with so many of that stuff. And I felt like they could have explored, like, because the whole thing was you had this organization, multi-governmental organization that was dealing with, all of a sudden, five years later, people come back and they're like, where's my home? You're married to my wife. You're this and that. But I'm still here, you know? So there's all these crazy complications. But they only make, like, side references to it. And they don't do a good enough job explaining the motivation of the terrorist people. And then they try to pretend halfway through that they're not really terrorists. They're just downtrodden, sad people. And then they try to play up the race angle so much, and I think they do it so poorly from being denied a bank loan and all this stuff. And, like, it's so – it's not that it's not real. It's just poorly done. To contrast that with For All Mankind, a show I've hesitated in watching. Ted Lasso got me into the Apple TV universe. I waited, like, eight months of my free one year before I watched it. I love Ted Lasso. I have a friend who just discovered it, and I'm, like, vicariously living through them. But For All Mankind is a show, it's an alternate history about what if the Russians landed first on the moon. And then they land a woman on the moon. So the U.S. under Nixon has to do the same. So then they bring in all these females. And wouldn't you know it, it leads to widespread equality and the Equal Rights Act and all this stuff. But I'm going to tell you, the writing For All Mankind, there's, there's everything that is woke in, uh, in, in, in the Marvel Universe. You have lesbians. You have closeted gays being targeted. You have minorities. You have the phrase token black and all of this stuff. You have Vietnam. You have everything that is a hotbed issue right now in the show. And they do a 500% better job. Now, I'm not saying, I mean, it's still a Marvel movie, whatever. It's supposed to be fun and men in tights beating each other up. Okay. But they are so good. At writing this show, you are rooting for the lesbian couple to come out. You are you feel empathy for the gay man for being closeted. You feel sympathy for the woman who lives in a pre-feminist world where she's forced to conform to the ideals of a traditionalist patriarchal society. Like, all this stuff. I'm sitting there and we're watching this and I'm like, man, these writers are good. Because it's not – and even the parts that are close to being on the nose or are a little bit there – they pull it off in such a way that they add amazing complexity and nuance where you have a gay man who's trying to protect a lesbian woman the best of his ability because he knows the price that it'll cost. And yet they don't depict either of them as perfect, as flawless, as blameless heroes. They're super complicated. It's almost, Luke, like they're human. And he goes too far in trying to protect it. She's on the verge and they have to make all these moral compromises. It is ten times better. In terms of even getting across a political message that maybe I don't agree with 100%. But the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, I love these lesbians. And I love that gay dude. And I love the black, black couple. And I just want you know, freedom now. I'm supporting the Equal Rights Amendment, which is a big – and Ted Kennedy's the president. It's so funny. It's an alternate history thing. It's so great. President. No, so that's the whole thing is Richard Nixon starts off. But because we lost the moon, all these things happen. And Ted Kennedy, because of all these things, he doesn't – well, he doesn't kill the girl and – 
Chippewa or whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like, no, like, <laughs> they reference so. it. They even reference it. And at first I thought, oh, here we go. Apple Produce is going to be super woke, and they're going to make all the Democrats glorious, and Ted Kennedy looks like an ass. Richard Nixon looks like an ass. Half the political people, they just look like asses. And the people that don't look like asses are incredible regardless of where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, so the sure. conservative people, the liberal people, the progressive, the closeted, the this, the that, they actually are real human persons. It's not Falcon being like, do better. I'm not going to give you any real answers. Do better. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Right on the nose there. Okay. You're done. done. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So this is all I'm going to say about it. Um, I okay. So I haven't seen that other show. I didn't right. even know what it was. I, th- I think I've seen like it on. I, had a, I knew it was like subspacing. I, I watched it because an Apple blogger said if you like season one, season two is ten times better. And I never watched season one, so I was like, I'll give the first show a chance. Literally, me and Shannon, I delayed the show today because we had the last two episodes. We didn't look at or talk to each other. For the last two episodes. And at one point, it was halfway through, and I had just gone to the bathroom. I know. Oh, thank God. (laughs) I had just gone to the bathroom. I came back, and I said, Shannon, I didn't even realize you were sitting here this whole time. Ah, I'm like on the edge of my seat just watching the show. I love it. Yeah. I So let me just comment on the Falcon and the Winter um, Soldier thing. Um, And this has been repeated ad nauseum on a lot of other podcasts, so I'm not going to go too much into it. Um, I don't completely agree with you, but I think in parts, I think you're absolutely right. Like, I think his speech at the end... Is uh, just like, like it's a, it's, it's too poor right, but it's poor it's, writing. Well, no, here's where here's where I'm not gonna here's where I'm gonna push back against that. I think the Isaiah Bradley stuff is fantastic. I think it's I think that is I don't really think no. I think, I think it is absolutely fantastic. I think it is really well well done. I think it ends well. I think they, they I think ends well. Yes. They easily, I, th- I think it's fine. I think Although, let's about be honest, fine. his statue at the end w- went a little like that soccer player Ronaldo guy when someone made that statue. I was like, gosh, he just, that looks a little. You like heard a little that pinched. joke on, on another podcast and you're trying to make it here. Luke, I literally have not heard that when I, <laughs> I, I have not listened to a single podcast. I'm, I'm just kidding. About the, you know what I've been listening to is that Pints with Jack podcast. <laughs> <laughs> really? Tell That's you funny. what, you sponsor a show, I get lost in your content. <laughs> Hey everyone, Gomer here, and I want to talk to you about a wonderful podcast called Pints with Jack. Pints with Jack strives to discover the truth and beauty of Christianity through the lens of C.S. Lewis. Join a Roman Catholic and a Byzantine Catholic each week as they discuss the works of C.S. Lewis chapter by chapter, which is awesome. So, currently they're going through the screw tape letters, diving into the mind of demons as they try to tempt us away from our Heavenly Father. Each week, they form a battle plan to defend against the spiritual attacks of Satan. Now, here's a cool thing. They divide their podcasts into seasons, and so in previous seasons, they've covered mere Christianity, the great divorce, till we have faces, and next season, they're going to cover the four loves. Till We Have Faces was the first book me and my wife read when we were married as like this whole, we we read a chapter and then discuss it because we're intelligent Catholics. How awesome that you get to follow along with an amazing podcast. In addition to the weekly episodes, they also have an after hours episode with C.S. Lewis scholars from all different denominations. My favorite one being with the whole screw tape letters, they interviewed Father Dwight Longnecker about his book, The Gargoyle Code, and they talked about his perspective on C.S. Lewis and how it spawned this unique subgenre of like getting into the minds of demons. Really fascinating, really interesting. So head on over to pintswithjack.com slash podcast, and you can see all of the major podcast platforms that they're on. So the Google Play Store, iTunes, all that good stuff. So head on over to pintswithjack.com slash podcast. Thanks for Pints with Jack for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. I think I, 
I think some of okay. So here's the deal: they, <laughs> if you're going to have a black man take over the mantle of yeah. Captain America, you have to do that. Yeah, you have it. to talk about what it means to be a black person to take on that. Yeah, and so and I, I love I, that. I love that. I like the whole the whole idea of like you're telling me I'm going to be a black man carrying the shield. You're telling me like, I'm going to be wearing the stars like, and stripes. No, but I, I like I the idea that. That, that you've got someone like Isaiah Bradley saying no self-respecting a black man who would do that, and he has to wrestle with that. And he has to basically say like, I understand what you went through, but no, I think I. I think we can actually do this, and yeah, I do and think, I love that. I love that. I'm I not think denying. Like I, I like the show. Mm-hmm. I think you're right about, especially the speech at the end. That was a little bit much. Bonk, like, right and it just nose. keeps going and going I mean, and going. If that speech was literally 30 seconds, it would have been awesome. But it was like a minute and 30, and you're like, okay, well, you just keep saying like, you're, this is an incredibly complex issue where half the population just came back. And you're just telling them to do better. They're like, okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah. It, and I, I just, I, I think the show itself, by like what it took on, I, I, I don't think it was. Um, I <laughs> Captain mean, America I, will carry the weight of George Floyd. It's like, come on, maybe there are certain issues that a Marvel movie shouldn't address. No, but they have to. They have to. No, I, have I, to. Get, I get, I get, well, and I'm not talking about it from like, a, oh, they're indoctrinating people or whatever. And it's not a wokeism thing. What I'm trying to say is, like, there are certain issues that involve a sense of gravity that a Marvel movie cannot portray that would cheapen the the, the, the type of conversation type you're of trying conversation to have. That, yes, that's yes. all. That's all I meant by that. I, um, I don't know if I agree with you in theory, but in practicality, I think I might. Because well, I, I, take my I, shirt I off, maybe I'll take my shirt off. Maybe I don't think any the of them have really been able to do that. Yeah, I think Black Panther kind of does. I think that um, we look at Civil War kind of does. What's Civil think, War? What's the main point of Civil War? Well, I, I think just I think what's interesting about that is, um, you have people who quite literally come out on both, like who can watch the same movie and have different opinions about who is the antagonist and who's the yeah okay. protagonist. Like, like I I went in there being more of a fan of. Captain America than I was of Iron Man. I left to be honest. I still feel sweet. I'm on Iron Man's side. Yeah, I'm on Captain America's. The like, uh, yeah. and, I, and I, I, but I, I'll I, say this: that didn't treat like you. No, Captain no, America no, wasn't. No, and, yeah, uh, but he wasn't a card carrying like libertarian versus a progressivism type thing or a statism or a fascism. no. But I, I, but I think it. I think it does try to like dive into this thing of like, well, then how do you? Who, who's responsible for this? Like, how do you? Like, I, I think. I think that's a thing worth asking. And I think greatest line. It's, greatest it's line interesting. that I think set all that up. I think was in Avengers two, where Captain America says, um, "When you try to stop the war before it starts, you remember that? Yeah, you, innocent ev- people die. Every yeah, time. and I love every time, every time." That was the line that sold me on the entire rest of the thing. Individual agency, you have to, even though I have superpowers, it doesn't matter. I have to intervene where things go south. I loved it. I thought they did a good job with that. No, but they no, weren't I treating, they were treating major themes that are important, freedom, autonomy, um, civil responsibility. No, but they're not going acting. into these like, yeah, like and, real and world. Yeah, it's it's not the Coen Brothers where you're dealing with these. And I mean, really, but like, yeah. or, or I'm trying to think of, of another director that's really good at that. I, I know there are other ones. I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. But Come on, Coen Brothers and a Marvel movie. It would be amazing. I truly think. I think Marvel needs to do it. I think that, and they're kind of leaning that way. No, they're not. They can't. No, they. No, they. No, 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 no. They are because that's like you don't you don't get Thor Ragnarok if that's not happening. 
No, that, was that is that movie. is a Taiki. I mean, it's it's it is it is a Marvel movie on the first, but it's a Takiti on uh, whatever his name is film second, and that didn't used to be the case with uh, with Marvel. Now their 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 whole thing is that they're able to take these characters and they're able to find specific on the genres. That's what made them work in the beginning was they found these genres that work and they and they still yeah. they um, for the most part they do a good job of almost of, of, of sticking with that. But they've kind of been leaning into a bit of like the auteur side as well. Yeah. And I, I used to think there would never be a Tarantino Marvel film, or there would never be a Coen Brothers Marvel film. I think after, after the third phase, we're closer to that, to that than we might, and some people might realize. Okay, so with that, let's go back to For All Mankind. Every space movie with a space disaster and a space movie with space rockets and space things happening, they're got all it right we- here. <laughs> <laughs> there are all of these long, drawn-out, intense pieces, if you've seen Apollo 13 and all this stuff of, like, we got to fix the ship. We got to save the guy. We got to go rescue the girl. We got to go do this. Every one of those types of scenes are so rich in meaning. Like, for instance, if you see a counselor... You will lose your job if anyone finds out. Because at this point, the head shrink is rising in not just popularity, but in significance. And so you have all these characters who are opposed, like they just demonize it. But this one guy goes and seeks psychotherapy to the point where he lets for 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 all mankind. mankind, To the point where he lets people think he's having an affair because his healing means that much. Even though, like, all these things are wrong and bad, and you kind of want to hate the guy, they take you, the writers take you, and and the actor takes you right up to the ledge of wanting to hate this guy. And they take, and you dangle you over, you never go over that ledge, and they pull you back, and every so often they pull you back, and you're like, oh, dude, this guy, he's, he's, he's got some really good stuff here. He's a nuance. He's got some redeemable qualities. He's making progress, and all. I mean, it's just awesome. It's just awesome. No, and that's that's when I feel like TV's at its best when you have things like that. That's that's why I think Game of Thrones is so important. One of the many reasons it took TV to that level, where yep. like I think for the most part, with your Tony Sopranos and your um, your Donny D's and did you watch um, the Sopranos? Did you watch that all the way through? I first two seasons, I believe. Yeah. Is the and strip then, club stuff all the time? It, it's typical HBO, bad in the first of the season, not as bad in the second season. Okay, because my, my whole thing is I, I have still have not watched the two classic shows that are described as the best of television beforehand, which is The Sopranos and The Wire. And I, I, watch want, the wire. And I, I, I need to watch The Wire. To, I want to dedicate my life to an honest watching of those because the people who watch them that love them say the same thing that I say about shows I love. I'm going to wait like six years and try to forget as much as I can before I watch it a second time. That's how I was about The Office. I would watch individual episodes while it was still out over and over again. And then I watched all the episodes from beginning to end. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to touch this thing for like a decade. And, uh, you know, when I heard that Netflix was going off, I was like, I'm going to start watching it. I got halfway through season two. And I'm like, I am right back to my dating of Shannon. Like, I used to watch these episodes with her. I'm the one that got all of our friends into The Office. Because I used to download them uh, on onto my video iPod and take it over to people's houses and plug it into little RCA jacks and stuff. So when I heard people say that about The Sopranos, it made me think of what I loved about Mad Men and um, 
uh, Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones, that yeah. here was a storyline and characters that you cared about. Even if you hated them, you cared about them. They drew you in. And I, I might, I'm not, to be honest, I'm probably not going to watch more. I would like to, but I just don't have, I just. John Syracuse loves it, so I love it. It's just too nihilistic. It's too, What is, which, The Sopranos? The Sopranos. There's just no real redemption. It's just like, okay. They kind of like, I don't don't want to know. I don't want to know the endings or anything, but. No, no, I'm not not telling you. I'm not, I don't think I'm giving anything away. So it just, I, 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 it's actually the first TV show that I did a deep dive in that I consciously said, I'm done with this. What I do for the most part is I just stop watching and I, and I never go back to it. I, but I hardly ever really do that, to be honest with you. I just I, – I, but I made the choice. But like, this just isn't um, – it just wasn't interesting. Yeah, so. I, I will challenge anyone who has access to the Apple TV Plus, which is a- Apple's content. Um, if you And you can get on a bunch of devices now. Um, if you can have access to For All Mankind, like if you bought a new MacBook recently, you should have a year subscription to all their stuff. I would encourage you – to sit down and watch the first two episodes, not just the first episode, because my wife said she wasn't into it in the first episode, but she went along oh, with it because of how I, into it I was. <laughs> Hold on, Luke just got. Uh, that was weird. No, that was totally my fault. You're what? gonna hear it in the quick time. You're, I, uh, um, I had a bunch of, I had a few applications open, so I was just <laughs> quitting them, and I just wasn't thinking. I quit Skype. But I kept I kept I kept quick time on though. So you heartless bastard. Yeah. All right. So you, Shannon, watched the first two, and she said that she didn't love it. But the second episode is what drew her in. The second episode drew her in. Where are you not doing your video? Uh, no, I calm calm down, calm down. Don't get there your hands you in a bunch. Oh, they're in a bunch, baby, for you. So uh, I would just recommend that if you really want, I mean, it's good writing. The one of the the kind of common consensus is the Apple shows. There's not a lot, but they're mostly a really high quality. And uh, I would like to contrast that not just with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but also with the new Michael B. Jordan. Speaking of of um, Black Panther, the Michael B. Jordan movie that just came out. I think it's called Without Remorse on Amazon. I've heard that's bad. We were so excited to watch it. It was. It's trash. It is. Trash. Yeah. There's I've nothing worth your, worth your time. I did skip the part which is in the preview of his pregnant wife dying. I could not handle that emotionally. So I was like, fuck this, Shannon. I don't care about anything. 10 minutes, 10 seconds, 10 seconds, 10 seconds, 10 seconds. Oh, she's still not dead yet. 10 seconds, 10 seconds, 10 seconds. That was hard. That was hard. But other than that, other than that, Luke. So what's your topic? <laughs> we're not going into Come on, come on, come on, baby. We're, we're an hour in. Well, what's your topic? I mean, I got, I got small side topics we could do. I, I, yeah, mine's too big. It's I don't okay. I want to talk about. Yeah, it's it's too big. Okay, we'll just have to wait because you need to you need to do your monologue on Falcon the Winter Soldier. Uh, my name's Luke, and I'm a little bitch. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, it's fine. It's fine. I, I'm I, I do think there's more to the show than that. I think there's some heavy things in there, but I see, I, I agree with what you're saying. Whenever you're in conflict, acknowledge first where there's agreement. For where there's agreement, there's safety. I agree there's heavy themes. I agree those themes should be treated. And I think you cannot treat those themes of a black man carrying the stars and stripes in America today without even without referencing those things. 100%. I think they did a poor job for the most part, but not entirely. I think there were a lot of elements that even though I hated certain elements and felt like they were on the nose, I felt like in the end, especially with the Isaiah character, they did a good job and they developed certain things that were really, really good. Yes, I agree. I well, here's because here's let me just add one more one more quick thing. Let me beat this horse a little bit more. 
Uh, <laughs> I thought they were gonna. <laughs> Let me breathe, Luke. I'm dead. Um, <laughs> I thought that uh, the um, I thought they were gonna show Isaiah Bradley as a, like becoming a um, super soldier, and I'm glad that they didn't. It would have been because I know that there was a cheesy. whole um, comic yeah. for that, but I think it was more effective than the in the um, uh, it would that would have been telling us what happened, and then this was a very um, show don't tell kind of thing where you just see him. On the process, all of these emotions and the things that he is going through, then you see him at the end coming, like finding his peace. And I think that it makes it more about him, Isaiah the old man, than Isaiah from the 1950s. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. I am excited for Loki, though. I, 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 as a whole, I thought Falcon and Winter Soldier was fun. I'm definitely more into the stuff than I thought it was going to be. I really wasn't all that. I wasn't all, all looking forward to it all that much. I think Stan. I'm so actually they're both. I thought they both both Stan Sebastian and Anthony Mackie were able to like do like just more acting. Sebastian, but I thought Stain? Sebastian, yeah, Stain? whatever his name is. Yeah, um, I thought he was excellent though. Like the part where they showed where he like finally um, healed from not having to turn into the Winter um, Soldier. That was actually yeah. powerful. Very good. I thought he was very very good and the zemo stuff was wonderful as well uh, disagree i hated zemo what okay everything you just said is now invalid that was so much fun i felt like zemo was so it was so that was so much fun everyone agrees on. with me no that was so much fun like, everyone oh here's this guy that's murdered millions no. of yeah, people yeah yeah he hasn't he hasn't he never murdered millions of people he murdered a few people oh no 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 you're right you're right you're right Sorry, in my head, in my head, I was thinking of the plot that he was responsible for Wakanda, or not Wakanda, for his home, what's it called? The Bratislavia. What is it called? Um, Yugoslavia. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, my, what can I think of it? Slovakia. Uh, no, no, Latvia, no, no. By the way, a lot of Latvia and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I love know. to see that. Oh, my Love fatherland. A lot of Latvia. Loved it. Yeah. My face looks weird on this. I don't like this back. Sarkovia. Sokovia, gosh, it was John, yeah, Sokovia, yeah, no, he, uh, <laughs> gosh, in my head, what made him the winners or made him kill all the supers was because of Sokovia, but uh, yeah, he just bombed the the embassy. That's right, that's yeah. right. I mean, don't don't get me wrong, like like I, I think I think it may, I think he's a fun villain. So I was and I was anytime he was on screen, I was I was having fun. I love how they did one moment where he wore his mask from the comic books. Yeah, he's like, I'm putting it on now. I'm taking it off. And I'm glad that they didn't okay. kill him. I, I got, like He's the only villain who's kind of won. Every time he's, he's done a thing, he's kind of won. So the cool thing is, in the comic books with Civil War, he gets the power broker mm-hmm. to kill Captain America, and Captain America is killed in the comic books. So it's not, it's not at all the same. But Zemo gets her to kill him. I, I believe that's how it's set up, but then it turns out like Zemo did it the whole time or whatever, and she feels guilty and blah, blah, blah. But that's when Falcon takes over Captain America's thing. So it's interesting that they brought her... Into the orbit. Uh, I thought that, that was a G. I'm not gonna lie. Not a fan of Sharon Carter as the p- power broker. No, I think it's not dumb. a fan. I think it's done. I think it's. I think there's a chance that maybe. Uh, okay, here's the thing. But I still don't understand. Like, there's there's a few things that happened that made me think. Like, well, this isn't really. But I'm holding on hope. There, here are a, a couple of theories. One is that she's working for Nick Fury, deep undercover for a, a secret invasion. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Or two is that she's a scroll as a part of a secret invasion. Okay, so it's ha- not Sharon Carter. I have an honest, hilarious thing to tell you that almost ruined me because of Marvel. Almost ruined me, Luke, from studying my Catholic Christian faith that I love so much. Can I tell you what that is? Mm. Read a wonderful or listened to a wonderful audiobook 
by Dr. John Bergsma, Professor at Franciscan, Jesus and the Dead Sea Scrolls. Wonderful book. I would encourage literally everyone to get this book. 100%. No hesitation. However, he refers to the Dead Sea Scrolls as the scrolls. And I can't tell you how many hundreds of times I'm listening to this audiobook. I'm like, yeah, that's right. The scrolls are coming. Yeah, that's right. The scrolls are important. <laughs> Literally, the whole time, I would like be weed whacking listening to the audiobook and just laughing to myself about the scrolls who live by the Dead Sea. It just, it was sad. It was sad. This is, this is what our culture has done to my faith. This isn't the collision of faith and culture. This is the colonization of my faith by the culture. I do think, so I'm going to be at um, Notre Dame. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but I'm going to grad school at the uh, University of Notre Dame, America's most prestigious place of Catholic education. I'll be very close to Alistair McAdoo. Yeah, say his name First. correctly. Say his name correctly. Alistair McAdoo. Alistair McAdoo. I'm sorry. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. You lied. Um, <laughs> no, but so uh, I won't I'm be able so to watch. Off. I'm so pissed of... off. What? Why? You get to enjoy academic life again, and I don't. I know. You know I what know. I do, Luke? I buy books from Amazon and pretend like I'm still in college. I'd read them, and then I write little essays on them, and then I delete them because they're stupid, and then I cry and I cry. You need to put them on Patreon because I don't have time to put anything up there. Okay, fine. People need something. People need the Gomer. No, let me just say this. Here, here's my deal. Ready, ready for this? Okay, you're ready for this, you stupid. <laughs> Dave Van Fickle started a podcast called Theology and Insanity. Okay? With Dr. Mike Cirilla, a wonderful Ooh, professor wait, at Francis. Who's Dr. Mike? What does he teach? Professor, he was Professor Cirilla when we were there. He taught um, Theology of the Church, Theology of Christ for a lot of, like, uh, undergrads. But... Um, he is. He was a deadhead. He followed the Grateful Dead. Yeah, that's right. He has a great story. He's so excited about the church. He would literally talk until he ran out of breath because he was so excited. And you know what? That's what I do. I love it. I love him. I love it. So Dave and him are friends. He's like, yeah, me and Mike. Yeah, me and Mike. And I'm like, are you talking about me? And he's like, no, you're Gomer. He's Mike. And then I cry. Professor Cirilla and him, guess who they're interviewing on, their, on, on one of their shows? So, number one, Wynity, Father Wynity. Do you know Father no, Wynity? He's the guy that no. wrote the, the International Theological Commission document on the reciprocity between faith and reason that we got, like, three shows out of, which I loved. He's also a hardcore charismatic. Love him. And he's an epic theologian. I mean, he's truly awesome. Wynity. But he just told me that Father Livio Molina agreed to come on their show. I don't know who that is. I, don't I know, I know, but he's the guy that I would tweet back when I had Twitter, and I would say, "Hey, Father Livio Molina, want to crash on my couch now that you were unjustly fired from the International Theological Institute, or no, from the JP2 Institute in Rome because Pope, oh, Pope Francis changed that. a bunch of laws, and all of a sudden a bunch of weirdos took over. Yikes! Father Livio Molina's sharing in Christ the virtues, so good, Luke." So I offered him my couch. So Dave said, hey, we're interviewing him soon. And I said, F you. And he said, whoa, this isn't catchy, Fox. This is watch our language. And I said, I know, Dave. You need to F tell you. him that I love him. <laughs> tell him that I love him. That's why I felt like when Kevin Heiner interviewed uh, Dennis and Wimber on his story and song podcast. My favorite singer-songwriter from since summer of 2002 when I first heard um, 
what is it called? Philadelphia songs or whatever. Broke my, I was like, Kevin, he's my favorite. I saw him in Denver with th- three people there. I felt bad for him. But then he, then he took requests and I was the first one to put up my hand and he sang the song that I, that I wanted to hear. 24 turned 25. So good. Uh, it's 24 turned 25. Hey, Luke, what, did, what, what are you doing in like 20 days from now? Going to Notre Dame. In 20 days? No, uh, in like 35 days. What are you doing on May 25th? Hey, it's not getting you a book of John Paul II's poems. That's for damn sure. My birthday goes by like a whisper in the night again. It's it's it's, it's my wife's week. So Aaron has a birthday on the 24th. Yours is on the 25th. <laughs> Luke, our polyamory has suited you well. Mm-hmm. And how. Uh, okay, do you wanna, so you, you have some other um, questions. Do you want to go into that or do you want to go into my topics? I, th- I think this, this will fit, but... I just it, it, I, call. I feel like we need I feel like we need more. We need a closure. We need a closure. We're already at an hour and ten minutes, Luke. I know, but I feel like we might need more. I feel like you might cut out a lot of stuff. I, I, do, I don't think so, but I'll say this. I pulled up an old note on my Apple Notes on my iPhone, you know, that notes app that comes with it. Mm-hmm. And I remembered how when I quit Twitter, I created fake Twitter, which was a note in my Apple Notes app. And fake Twitter was tweets that I thought were clever and funny that I thought were relevant, right? You ready for this? I hate you so much. August 1st, 2020 was when I wrote these. And I thought they were, I was probably in an airport somewhere. Number one, finish reading three books by Neil Postman, Amusing Ourselves to Death, Technopoly, and How to Watch TV News. Totes insightful. Hashtag reading rainbow. What do you think about that one? That was great. We got a couple shows out of those. We did. We did. I loved, I was just thinking about that today ties in ties into my topic okay here we go next one creative individuals overthrow established order in order to give us a new and better one he is hated and disruptive but may also be the hero that brings new light i know that was dumb here's my third one. Oh, luke <laughs> that's a very key that, that deserves here's a, another hilarious one this is august 1st of 2020 i hate this mask because i can no longer read the screen of my iphone through my fogged up glasses good thing i quit twitter <laughs> I went back on the Twitter for a bit and I was like, oh, why am I doing this? Here's another one. Trent Horn has a great podcast. A lot better than what I thought it'd be. Luke should listen. <laughs> Not going to. Okay, fair enough. It actually is really good. Hot takes, what are those? Hot takes, what are those? <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I want you to keep doing this. And like every few years, I, I want you to just bring them up. Uh, okay. Hey, Second, I have to turn one. off my camera. Well, actually, no, I have to turn off the nice, uh, the nice camera because I have to, I have to charge my computer. Okay, gotcha. I only have two little things. Ew. Awkward on quarantine plane flights when the whole plane boards and it's so empty that it took eight minutes, and now we're just sitting here with twenty five minutes to spare before scheduled takeoff. I flew in, uh, yeah, I flew on August first. That's why I wrote fake Twitter because I was sitting in an airport on August first. I can't wait to fly. Oh man, I've done it a bunch of times. Uh, not a bunch, but. It's actually horrible, and I hate it. Uh, but how funny. It literally took us, like, two minutes. I mean, it was so fast, the board. They're like, everyone in first class and second class and, <laughs> and all third class. losers, I guess. This is weird. Well, you also, like, um, you, uh, you, you live in, like, a relatively normal place now. God, I... I don't know how the rest of the country. It's is. horrible, man. It sucks. It's. I know, listen. I'm. I'm all about like, like. It's horrible. It's going on out out in India. I'm all about trying to get rid of this thing and doing uh, doing what we got to do. But this, I I can't take it anymore. No, I dude, literally can't. Dude, I, took, dude, I took my mask off in like a CVS. I was like, I, I can't. I can't. Freaking. I can't. I can't. I Someone can't. asked Doctor Fauci if everything you said is true. 
why are Texas's numbers continuing to drop? And his response was, essentially, because I can't remember it verbatim, the stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the town of Texas. No, he said, uh, well, other places aren't quarantining the way they should be quarantining. Basically saying, like, Rhode Island and Delaware and Pennsylvania and all you other suckers in California, you're not doing a good enough job quarantining. That's what he's saying. Like, they weren't doing it well. And it's like, are you kidding me? We in Texas have never done it well. We have never done it well, and yet it is plummeting. And I had this guy come up to me. He goes, there are still new cases. And I said, there will always be new cases. But there, it, it hit a cliff, Luke. A cliff. Yeah. Yeah. All and three, I mean, listen, all like, three just... metrics. Deaths, hospitalizations, and new cases. All three. But I'm going to say, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I want to, like, I'm, it's, I don't think it's that black and white. I just know a person whose mom died because of this. I'm like, that sucks. But I, I pray I'm, every I day don't... for our friend's uncle. Every day. We pray yeah, every day for yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. Please, please pray for our our I'm a friend's uncle. It's very, it's not good. Um, it. Uh, I just like I don't. I wish I. I wish I could. Th- I, this is I, I like. This is where I want to have the more leveled, nuanced, gradient c- c- conversations of like, do we? What can? How, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what it looks like because it's it's just like, um, the human heart can only take. S- I've I've hit my limit. I I truly think I I think this is part of it. I, I have hit my limit, and I just I miss movie theaters. I miss going like I miss just being in. I miss people so fucking much. Like I I I really really do. I uh, Kevin Hyder stopped by the um, the other night, and we just hung out like on my front porch, on my front porch, in like my front yard, pretty much, and uh, talked for like a half hour. Do you get in trouble legally if they come into your house? No, 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 no. Um, okay. We were more outside just because uh, – and there, I would say if there ever were people that we were, quote, unquote, like in our pod, it would be him and his family. Because, like, we had gone over to their house and we've hung out a bit with them. But uh, cool. Cool. Uh, it was because Aaron was gone and Everly was asleep and I didn't want to wake her up. And, she, and uh, Everly's doing this thing now where she can stand. So she stands in her crib and, like, eats the varnishing off of her crib, which is great. And uh, we put a thing on there that it hopefully should stop that. Uh but uh, I didn't want to wake her up, so I was like, "Let's like, let's just hang outside." And it was wonderful. It was just so. And I'm like, "I just, I need this. I'm dying. Like, I, I'm literally dying without it." And I, what's one reason why I'm excited for grad school is it's just going to be me with people for a month, nonstop, just talking and studying and talking. Hey, and undergrads, studying. you guys want to go get a beer? I <laughs> know. I'm, I'm I'm quite. I, I'm not gonna have time to do that. Like honestly, like I've, I've been. I'm talking to people Luke, about it, which kind of bumps. Which, I know you. You will find the time. <laughs> Week two, <laughs> Lukey Duke will find a, the time. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll like just I'll um, smell the college bars and be like, I when it hits your lips, mm. Mm. so good, so smooth, so smooth. Um, but I just I'm excited for just a little bit of human interaction. I just so and it's been nice. Um. Uh, at my current job too, it's it's they have a really good. I think they do things well there, so that's been nice. But it just, uh, man, I this is kind of my topic. We don't have to go into it too deep, but I desperately am craving like more humanity and just like human things. And I really am at a point where I feel like I'm going to lose my flipping mind if I if I am not able to experience it. Yeah, no, I'm 100 percent right there with you, man. I am making every concerted effort to be with people. Um. You know, pretty much everyone on staff has had COVID or has had the vaccine, and I'm walking around without a mask, and I feel guilty. That's weird, Luke. Where you feel 
you feel not guilty. I don't feel guilty. I feel bizarre when I go into a store that no longer requires masks and I'm not wearing one. Right? Be prepared mm-hmm. for that. Be prepared for there's that little like protest rebel in you that's like I can't wait to take off this damn mask. But then there's this part where you're like, uh, if if you're around people who are wearing masks, even though you don't have to, they will make you feel weird. Not even intending to. Well, and and, and I I I mean, I want to respect other people's wishes. So if it's like a store where they want to have masks, like, no, oh, no, I'm saying places where they I'm don't. Looking. Again, Texas. Oh, oh. I'm okay. saying where they, you don't have are, to at oh, all. I'm, I'm sorry. At all at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're 100% back for the most part. I think we're at 75% capacity for bars. But, I mean, what does that even mean? Yeah. It's tough. Like, at bars right now, in Cincinnati, you can't get out of your seat without a mask. I've been stopped a couple – and it's not that I'm doing it in, in intentionally. I just forget. Yeah. Because, you know, you get excited. You go to the table. You talk to people. You know, whatever. Like, there was a – I was at one bar. We had, like, a whole bunch of friends who were there, and I was trying to I'll be, like, a social butterfly. And I got, I got like, a talking to twice. And I was like, I'm sorry. It's just natural. But I'm like, that's what I, that's what I miss. And so I, I'm definitely going to try to be more proactive after this. It just um, – I, it kind of sucks. I just don't have, I don't have a lot of time right now to like to read the thing. Like I really probably should try to read just some like more just good, just read books. A, a lot of my, this has been kind of tough too. A lot of the books that I've been reading are very, um, I hate to put it this way, but like it's techne, you know, it's, it's all, it is accounting and it is on leadership styles and it's stuff that's good. It's just all about like how to be, here are the tools that you need to be better at this at all of this, you know, stuff. I'm not reading anything about the depths of the human heart. It's more just like, you know, how do I calculate this BEQ equation? And um, I know. Oh, well, Luke is developing practical no, skills it's to fun. navigate the world. I know. Oh, no, no, poor and that's, Luke. Sh- he looks up. down on the capitalist who works hard to make his money. Luke lives in an ivory tower where he thinks his deep thoughts with his communist Marxist, bloody Marxist friends, smoking their pipe tobacco and looking down on his plebes. Please make more rules for me, elitist. Make more you're, rules for me. I can't because your future is canceled. <laughs> Give me back my 70s rock. Give me back my non-performance art. Give me back a period where if I could hear a piece of music, I would know what pants they're wearing. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it uh, truly, I do kind of we'll, miss that. No, we'll but carry, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. But no, but it's been like months of this. Yeah. You know, it's just been months of this. And 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 so there's a part of me just like, I just want to read. I just want to like, you know, but I, I don't have time. And so um, I just, I... Part of me feels a little bit just cut off from, like, humanity, and I hate it. Texas. Texas I'm not going to move to Texas anytime soon. Texas, Although, it's... I, listen, I'll be honest. It's You're, you're being a little bit weird. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm taking off my shirt now, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> um, Texas is on the table. It's more San Antonio, Austin. Oh, absolutely. So Texas, Texas is on the table, though. Probably not Houston. Oh, that's cool. I'm fine. I just don't love you more than anyone else in the world. No, I would love to listen. I'd love to be in Houston, kind of. But um, I'm going to tell you three things right now. That that's real truths that you need to hear, Luke. Number one, Houston is a wild, weird, beautiful city. It is a weird. Number city. two, I have known you longer than Aaron, and I've loved you that's longer true. than Aaron. That's true. That's also true. And somebody most... say four times as long. <laughs> the most <laughs> difficult truth of all, Luke, that you will not accept, but it's 100 percent true. Okay. I may not have loved you longer, but I have loved you more than Patty. 
Your mom That's does not, not know. I'm, I'm her favorite. I'm the Mariana Trench of love for you, Luke. My river runs deep and wide. <laughs> My love is like a secret I just couldn't keep. She may have had me for the first 18, but you had me for the last. <laughs> <laughs> Step aside, Patty. There's a new mom in town. And this mom has a beard. <laughs> I was there when he has a grown man. He didn't have any sheets on his bed. <laughs> I was there when he shit himself after that party that one time. <laughs> you, We have both cleaned Luke's butt. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> You're not better than you me, Patty. I put a diaper on Luke before. Hazing was you weird weren't... in AMDG. <laughs> <laughs>